Welcome to Share Truth Apply Scripture. I'm Jordan Shambly, joined by Cedra Sarton and Hannah Harrison. Hannah Harrison is a new addition to our staff here at uh, the American Family Association. She's a writer. She's very prolific and very good writer. Uh, if you want to see any of her articles on Engage, just go to engagemagazine.net and there they are. Thank you Click for being here. Click the authors yeah. tab. Find Hannah Harrison. Yeah. Well, thank you for being service. here today, Hannah. Thank and you for having me. I'm super excited. Yeah, we are too. We are too. Uh, the The subject we're talking about today is more of a, a heavy subject. And, and I just want to say real quick, if you have maybe younger kids who don't need to hear about certain things, maybe they have sensitive ears, just uh, either... Uh, turn off the radio and listen to our podcast later on or send them to another room. Just be yeah. mindful of that. Um, we, we podcast everything so you can always yeah, exactly. listen to it. Yeah, um, the the subject we're going to talk about today is um, sexual abuse in the context of the church. Um, mm. And w- when I when we started talking about this subject just off the air, um, I just kind of thought this is such an unfortunate thing that the the fact that this is an issue to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, but the reality is that there are people in the church, and you can't guarantee that everyone in your local church is walking with the Lord um, and has a healthy lifestyle at all. Or, I mean, even even Christians themselves some, can sometimes overstep the line, maybe not to the point of sexual abuse, right. um, but can 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 act in ways that are uncomfortable and, and not Christ-like at all. Um, so that's what we're talking about today. Um, and Hannah, you're the one who brought us this this subject. This is something that you're very passionate about. Yes. Um, so why don't you um, just introduce the subject to us a little bit, maybe get, set it up for us. Okay. Um, yeah. So um, recently I went to the sexual, um, there was an ER, ERLC event that happened mm-hmm. in Birmingham, part of the Southern Baptist Convention. And they, they discussed this topic with a panel of J.D. Greer and mm-hmm. a couple of others. Um, but the statistics and what's happening in the church and how the church is combating this is kind of the issue, I think. Mm. Um, Obviously, yes, this is a sin issue. This is something that's happening, but how our pastors handle us and handle the situation Mm. is what's important, not only for the safety of the church, but also for the safety of the children and the victims that Mm -hmm. come forth from this. But um, one thing that I found was that the church has about 260 annual reports of abuse within the church, Mm. which is a shocking number. And that's reported. Now, Mm -hmm. a lot of children, um, you know, aren't going to bring this up to their parents. And, you know, that that doesn't show up on our records. Mm -hmm. But the effects of it and what's happening is still very real. Yeah, and and that's the and that's um it's such a sad reality too though um that uh, and what you've brought up to us too is that a lot of times the church when they when they address this issue mm-hmm. um unfortunately the tendency seems to be they're trying to protect their reputation exactly um protect maybe maybe sweep it under the rug kind of or play it off as if it's not a big deal it's almost in my opinion a very prideful <clears throat> arrogance yeah. type thing like we want the numbers yeah and if this comes out then the odds are yeah you know mm-hmm. it's not and also in the church we have a lot um a forgiveness first i think which i think forgiveness is mm-hmm. a big thing mercy mm-hmm. is a big thing but also when you pick your sins 
you might you know you don't yeah. know the consequences yeah. and so i think there has to be consequences mm-hmm. and the church discipline of it there has to be guidelines that the church goes well, well for, forgiveness does not equal no consequences exactly no, that's good yeah. Yeah. and and it seems that a lot of times and i've seen it in church with other things where we mm-hmm. uh where we don't necessarily celebrate it Mm-hmm. But we just kind of let it go, like mm-hmm. it's not happening, and yeah. th- and that's not even with that particular sin. It's with other things, mm-hmm. uh, and nobody wants to bring it up because they want to be forgiving. Mm-hmm. Well, God, God is forgiving, mm-hmm. but it's there's still a there was still atonement was required, mm-hmm. and that's why Jesus gave Himself up. Yeah, and so there there's still punishment for yeah. for it. Yeah, and and even in the life of a Christian, so. Um, just just kind of following that a little bit. Um, if I sin and I mm-hmm. sin against my wife or I sin against my children in, in, in whatever way that, that, that is, um, I am forgiven. If I repent of my sins and I, re- and I, and I ask forgiveness, I'm right. forgiven. Um, that, that's the power of the cross. However, in my own life, um, I probably will reap the consequences. Mm-hmm. You know, there will be ramifications for my actions. And so that the idea that you just get off scot-free completely and yes in an internal sense you do you don't you're not you, there's no condemnation for a christian right. but in your life you know you will reap those consequences mm-hmm. um and i feel like this end too um requires a different sort of handling than say if someone's a, habit, a habitual uh, uh a liar or right. maybe stealing or um something like they're an addict mm-hmm. or they're living a lifestyle that oh, that's promiscuous um, this is a sin that hurts someone. Yeah. There's a victim and there needs to be um, not only just handling the the instigator, but um, how do you uh, handle uh, what happened to this person? Exactly. How do you uh, make it right? And so it does require a, a different sort of handling than any it, it, those other kind of sins where yeah. there's somebody mm-hmm. sins, but no one really got hurt. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. It seems a lot of times that no one wants to even focus. Not, no one even wants to address the fact that something could have happened mm-hmm. in their minds. They just it's not that they're trying to brush something on the rug. They won't even admit mm-hmm. that something has happened. Mm-hmm. So either, you know, so then you're pointing your finger at, a po- you know, a possible victim here. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. most of the time, someone's not going to come up and say, I was sexually abused unless they really were. Mm-hmm. And especially not a child. A child doesn't know how to tell those kinds of And a of lot stories. of times they don't know what that is. You yeah. know, it's, it's sexual abuse. They're mm-hmm. children. They're innocent. They don't know what this is. Mm-hmm. And so, and I'll, I'll say later, you know, um, they're, most of these victims know their abuser. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, I think so often people think, oh, I'm going to get kidnapped in the parking lot, you know, and that's mm-hmm. how I, you're going to get raped. Right. Most of the time, no, that's that's not how that yeah. goes. So it's a very real possibility, but most of the time it's not. Right, yeah. it is. And, um, you know, in the churches, you're in the safe place. And a lot of the time, maybe it's Sunday school teachers, maybe it's ministers. Um, Susan Condone, mm-hmm. um, she was abused by her um, youth minister, and mm-hmm. she was one who spoke at the conference. But um, after the abuse happened, Happened, he said, you know, you can't tell anybody or you'll ruin my ministry. And so they're not mm. only abused, but they're threatened mm. or their family is threatened. And it's something that they can't process that I couldn't process as a 22 wow. year old, you know? Yeah. And so when you're <clears throat> using this kind of language towards these children, these babies, you know, they're not going to know. And when they come forth, if they come forth, mm-hmm. it's very important that we mm. have ministers or we have teams or we have counselors prepared because so often 
often in a rape case mm-hmm. or an abuse case, um, they come forward and the first question is, well, what did you do? How did you provoke this? Mm-hmm. You know, what were you wearing? Wow. And um, mm-hmm. I'll... Um, can't remember her name. Her name is Rachel. I can't think of her last name mm-hmm. off the top, but she approached this at the conference saying, you know, if a pastor were to come in and find a dead body mm-hmm. laying on the pulpit, mm-hmm. he would not brush it under the rug. He would call the police. He would set yeah. it up. He wouldn't say, now, what were you doing that you got killed for? <laughs> yeah. No, it was a crime. Exactly. You treat it as a crime, mm-hmm. which is exactly <clears throat> what needs to be taking place during these abuses. That's that's so good. I'm, I'm looking at a quote right here, and I'm just mm-hmm. going to read it real quick. Um, when our churches, agencies, and seminaries try to act first out of mercy rather than justice when confronting sexual abuse, we marginalize both the victims and God Himself. And that's uh, Susan Condone. I think that's such a great a great point too, um, mm-hmm. because not not only are you um, are is it sort of a slap in the face to the victim to be sort of like, oh, we don't want to ruin our reputation, we don't want to ruin this person's ministry. Um, they're doing good things, maybe. Maybe, and right. then they do this one bad thing. And so that's not only a, an offense and an injustice towards them, it's an injustice towards God. It is. Because these ministers, um, these people who are in the church, they don't have to be a minister. They could be a lay person mm-hmm. who claims to be a Christian. And then they do this thing. And how we handle it um, really says something about what we believe about God. Um, if God is is what he says he is, if he is the most important thing uh in in the universe if he is if he is our king and to be taken seriously and his reputation is to be taken seriously mm-hmm. and anyone who says i'm a christian is taking on the the name of the lord and we know from the ten commandments i mean it's, it's elementary to a, to a christian is that we should not take the lord's name in vain right and what mm-hmm. that means is don't claim to be a christian don't claim to be of god and then act in a way where you're denying all of exactly. that or you're dragging his name through the mud. And so, and I think when churches do that, when churches sweep it under the rug, they're taking the Lord's name in vain. Mm. They're profaning and blaspheming the name of the Lord because they're not taking seriously um, his reputation. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. And so I think uh, when we, when we look at this, I think also we need to, we need to remember that it, it always goes back to what do you believe about God and do you take his word seriously? And so we really hope that this, um, if you're listening to this program and, and you go to a church where this has never happened before, um, we really hope that you take this to heart and maybe start taking steps in your own church mm-hmm. to yes. uh, prevent this uh, or set up some sort of um, a counseling or, or something just in, the, in case. Um, I, I think this is a very important thing, something to take seriously. So Hannah, um, what, has, what has been the results maybe? of the church mishandling this? What What is the environment that has been created? I think that, the, well, there's a couple things mm. I think that the church has maybe done wrong. Um, not necessarily, yeah, wrong. I would mm. say wrong. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the biggest thing, like I've said before, is how we handle the victims. When right. a victim comes forth, a lot of the times, as we mentioned earlier, mm. they're not believed, especially if they're a child, maybe there's a little bit of hesitancy, um, but there needs to be teams set in place. Mm-hmm. But also they failed in the realm of how they provide care. Mm. There needs to be a spiritual care. Mm-hmm. There needs to be a mental care because mm-hmm. trauma is so drastic from mm-hmm. this. There needs to be emotional care, mental, physically, you know, yeah. all of these things. Even if, if it's something where they do come forth pretty quick you know physically you want to make sure they're okay yeah but um that's something that the church i think really needs to put in place mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. and also i think that it's important and how we we 
teach children about women because yes. you know a lot of the times and this is kind of I guess a big debate you know the whole well I'm supposed to be this way I'm supposed to be the Barbie type and mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff but mm-hmm. but you know we need to teach men mm-hmm. how to value women mm-hmm. and that's that's so important yeah. and something that we lack especially in our culture now and I know a lot of women maybe aren't respectful of that mm-hmm. even if a man does treat them properly they're like mm, no yeah. I'm independent but I think the church needs to do a job mm-hmm. of that. They can address that in a way, mm-hmm. I think, that, you know, a lot better than how Hollywood or the mm-hmm. liberal party would, would address it. And so the church needs to step up and come yeah. forth with that. Well, and we're going to go uh, revisit this uh, again in the next segment. So stay tuned for that. And we hope to see you there.